we've yelled to the senators who had so much to say in various other places. We've yelled to the governor. We've done all we could to get them to, to bring attention to Bridgeport. And there's silence when I call people up who, you know, are supposed to be pretty well-known-ish, you know, as best you can do. All of a sudden, you know, Bridgeport comes up, they get a little silent. It's weird. I don't really understand it in any real sense. Um, why is everybody so afraid of this place? It's interesting, isn't it? And interesting times we live in. But I also want you to consider, how do you make your work do more good than harm? The way that you make your work do more good than harm in a situation like this would be to finish it. And what that means is don't let them wait us out in Bridgeport if that's what's going on. I've only been there once. There's plenty of things I could have misunderstood. But I won't be, well, I won't say what will happen there, but um, as far as like, you know, what would be said, we are always peaceful, but what would, have, would be said or something. But I don't have any plans of speaking or saying anything. It's more just understanding there seems to be a code of silence here. And one time I read Adam Sawyer's um, The Cruelty is the Point. Talked about the wages of not participating in white supremacy and violence against disenfranchised communities. How there's always a degree of peer pressure in some communities with to just let things be. And if you don't let things be, they send a message that you need to get out of town and never come back. And after enough good people, enough people that might have had some conscience and power, leave what's left is a clan thiefdom. A Ku Klux Klan thiefdom. We can't know if that's what's going on in Bridgeport. But I know there's a lot of silence. And that silence can speak some volumes, maybe. I took a look at the papers. A lot of violence going on there. A lot of injustice. A lot of people not heard sitting right there in the paper, at least the one that I've, the seven or eight that I looked through on the internet. So we're going to march and we're going to keep marching. And Bridgeport is a place where we're probably going to have to march a lot. Um, I don't know what's, I haven't had a chance to really even catch up on the news, which is um, odd for me, but um I don't know what other things are going on in the world for the moment. But again, if you, oh, not again, for the first time. Let's say we fought through and we got to maybe 50%. Let's say we got some oversight, some regulations, some civilian boards. But for some reason in Bridgeport, everything stayed the same. After seeing what we've seen when it comes to the privileges of cops over the lives of those they deem not blue. 
Out of curiosity, aside from watching the Smurfs, have you ever seen a person whose skin color is blue? Please let me know. Um, but outside the lives of those that are blue, they feel they should be able to do whatever they want to the rest of the population. Say whatever they want. Kick whatever they want. And as you saw with that loud crying uh, commissioner, or whatever he was, I think it was like a chief of their union in New York. Then they get out and they start yelling. How dare you oppress us by saying we shouldn't be criminals? That's ridiculous. That makes no sense whatsoever. Don't repress us by saying that we can't be criminals. How dare you? This is our thiefdom. You will show our respect and we'll be able to knock old men down and tell everybody what to do with our guns and military equipment. This is cry bullying at its highest level. Cry bullying. The concept that you bully someone and keep crying about how persecuted you are for being told that you are bullying someone. There's a way that we speak about a person that comes in armed to the teeth, best equipment, bulletproof vests, guns, AR-15s, sniper rifles. And when they start shooting and beating, it's always the unarmed and peaceful. But when the armed come and make irrational claims that can that could pretty much be dispelled with a basic understanding of how the COVID family of viruses work, they're very polite. These are their peeps. And one can't help but notice the hue of those peeps. Being anti-racist means that you are ready to dismantle this. You're tired of this. You don't want acts of prostration. You don't want this. You don't want to erase the stories of Jewish people sitting in a boardroom hearing white people talk about everyone else and knowing the second that they leave, they're saying something about them. No, we want to get in communities and build. In order to get into communities and build, though, we have to find the communities hardest hit by this problem. And when everybody starts being silent about that particular community, we need to yell louder. We need to make that the place where nothing, where we're not taking any of it. Because the place where they've gotten so used to being silent about is the place where they're going to be most embarrassed in. And the more embarrassments they get, the more they have to actually submit to defunding. Defunding isn't going to happen in a place where the cops are just great and it's Mayberry, it's going to happen in the place where if you just come by and visit once or twice, you start suspecting that ghost skins are a thing and that they've taken over this department. And then when you leave the town, you start asking politicians and everybody who was so bold in maybe uh, Glastonbury or Hartford or New Haven, hey, what about Bridgeport? And all of a sudden it gets real silent. They start getting, they start like, whoa, 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 who? What? We got one of those? You go there, the cops won't talk to anyone, even if everyone's silent and hand them the mic. It's amazing. It's like at every protest, they're always talking about, we had this said, we had that said. You hand them a microphone, though, the entire department doesn't have a single person that can speak. That's ridiculous. Not, not anyone. We were there for hours, had, the, had that megaphone just waiting. They didn't have a word to say. 
It's embarrassing. Said the spokesman's coming. The spokesman was up there playing secret police, though. Secret police in the United States waiting us out. Hoping the code of silence that we have on white supremacy will allow him to get back to managing his plantation. God bless you. Hope to see you in New Britain. I mean, excuse me, I'm sorry, in Bridgeport and New Britain, even in Farmington, maybe New Haven, too. There's a lot of places to march around here, you know. I mean, I would rather that the politicians come in and talk some policy with us. But I guess those large salaries paid for health care, all the adoration doesn't quite teach them how to use Facebook or, you know, get in here and have a policy discussion. But And since they refuse to do their jobs, we have to force it. And we have to find these places that they refuse to find. Because the only way we get to really do anti-racism is by constantly finding that racism and stomping it out. So join me in Bridgeport to stomp it out. 